What's up, Bandhead? I hope you are enjoying the holiday season. Consider this your Christmas bonus. I had the chance to speak with Frank and Lakeisha Johnson, who are the founders of the HBCU Culture Legacy Foundation. Both of them march for the International Institution of Sound at Johnson C. Smith University, better known as the IIOS. And I got a chance to find out about their experience marching for Johnson C. Smith and how they established this organization to help give back to bands. There's going to be a battle of the bands over Martin Luther King weekend in Atlanta that they're running, and I'm really excited about it. I'm going to be there. And yeah, they do some really good work. And so I'm glad to share this interview with you all. I hope you all enjoy. Here is my interview with Frank and Lakeisha Johnson. Okay, everybody, I'm here with Frank and Lakeisha Johnson. They are the founders, creators of the HBCU Culture Legacy Foundation, and they both march for Johnson C. Smith University. And so I wanted to talk with them just to kind of find out their background and, and the HBCU Culture Legacy Foundation. They're going to tell us all about it. So how are you all doing, Frank and Lakeisha Johnson? We're hey, doing Christy, doing good. Can't complain at all. Can't complain. Good, good. I'm really glad to have y'all on here. I'm glad you all are on here because I wanted to help get the word out about the HBCU Culture Legacy Foundation because I know you all do a lot of good work. But first, I want to know about you all. So where are you all from originally? Absolutely. So yes, I am Frank Johnson, of course, the founder, and my wife, Lakeisha Johnson, the co-founder. I am from a little small town right outside of Fayetteville, North Carolina, called Johnsonville, North Carolina. And I am originally from Richmond, Virginia, um, born and raised uh, as well. Okay. Okay, cool. So you have that North Carolina and Virginia connection. Y'all sound like me. I went to school in North Carolina and I'm from Virginia. So exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yes. You all are the first couple that I've had on my podcast. I've only had. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. And how long have y'all been married? I'm just curious. May 15th of next year will actually be seven years. We've been married 13 years. We've been together. Yep. Together 13. Mm-hmm. Okay. Keisha had to get herself together. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. So, <laughs> so what instruments did you all play? Or were you auxiliary? Tell, tell me about what you all played in the band. Sure. I actually was a dancer. I was the uh, captain of Blue Satin Dance Team um, at John C. Smith University in the International Institution of Sound. Marching band from 2004 to 2008. Okay. And how yeah. about you, Frank? Absolutely. So I played percussion. Uh, I was a percussion section leader. Uh, more specifically, my main primary interest, instrument was the quint, so multi-tenors. Um, and percussion is from 2001 to 2004. And the funk five mob <laughs> in the internet. Okay. The sound of Let me get my dates right. I came to Smith in 2004. I was a co-captain, I want to say my uh, first semester sophomore year, which would have been later 2004. So, but I became captain 2005 season. So, mm-hmm. okay, good, good. So we've got it. We got a dancer. We have percussion. So I want y'all to to take it back to when you were younger. What was your first instrument? Lakeisha, did you play an instrument, or you just danced, or how early did you get into dance? Listen, I've been, I'm, I'm actually going to tell you a funny story. I've, well, for starters, I've uh, been a dancer all my life. 
um, um, part self-taught, um, most, mostly. And then of course, later in life, like when you get to like high school and stuff, actually, um, had to apply and audition for, um, in a performing arts school, uh, where I was accepted in, um, in high school. So I've been dancing all my life, but if you want to count instruments, you remember back in the day, we was in elementary school and they used to give you the little recorder that mm -hmm. looked like a, a clarinet, a little small, oh, yeah. I'm just going to say that was my quote unquote debut <laughs> okay. of a musician that was short-lived after the fourth grade, but no, but on a serious note, I've been a pretty much a, a dancer all my life. Okay. Okay. How about you, Frank? Well, I came out the womb playing drums. I literally got my first <laughs> drum set at four years old because I was beaten all over everything, laundry, baskets, pillows, anything, tearing up all the hangers from the cleaners, everything. So I've been playing drums since I was four. Also played keys a little bit and um, things of that nature. But also I had a, well, going into sixth grade, actually, we had to play saxophone uh, or another instrument before we could actually play percussion. So I had that, a little bit of that background as well. Okay. Okay. So good. That's that's different things. And yes, the recorder absolutely counts. Thank you. So much. Thank you. Thank you for yeah, doing my I mean, Yeah, because you know I'm a clarinet player, so like you know, just the the movement, you know, yeah, that, yeah. that helps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's move on to high school. So, how did you all first learn about Johnson C. Smith, or did you know about them earlier and their their band program? Uh. Ish Actually, interesting enough, and I think this is probably why, in my opinion, why uh, uh, marching bands are such a, an awesome marketing tool for HBCUs, um, if you will. I learned about John C. Smith. Um, actually, let me go back. I'm from Richmond, Virginia. So if you're from Richmond or anywhere in the Virginia area, especially if you are in band, because I was in band in high school as a dancer in the band in high school. So it was expected, if you will, if you were in Richmond or anywhere in Virginia, you were going to go to Norfolk State. Um, as a matter of fact, I am a proud graduate of Henrico High School. We were little uh, mini Norfolk State, if you will, back in the day. So that was expected. Um, but I actually learned about um, Johnson C. Smith, the, the university at large, through the band, seeing them at an exhibition, which was at uh, my rival high school, Hollis Springs High School. Uh, shout out to uh, Mr. Thurman Hollins, who was my band director my senior year at Smith, who at that time was the band director at Holland Springs um, back in the day. Um, but I actually saw uh, the IOS uh, my sophomore year in high school. Um, and it was, I, I really, I can't even explain it. It was everything from, oh God, the musicianship, just energy, energy like uh, the showmanship. It, it was very different to me in that time. Um, it was my first time really seeing dancers dance the entire show for the most part. Um, so after their field performance, it wasn't like, they did their performance and they went to the side, like they did the whole show nonstop. And I knew right then and there, like, that's the school I wanted, like the International Institution of Sound is what actually attracted me to Johnson C. Smith at large. Well, well it was an irony in that yep. is mm -hmm. actually, I think that was my freshman or sophomore yep. year at Johnson C. Smith. And, uh, and so I was actually in the band that day. Mm -hmm. that, that she Never knew that, but yeah. till later on, he was actually in the band uh, during that time when I first saw Smith at that exhibition, only the later to become my husband. So, <laughs> wow, that is cool. That is, that's a cool story. You know, I I live for stuff like this because both of my parents march in the band. That's how they met, and so mm -hmm. you you know I live for stuff like this. Yep. So Frank, tell me what made you want to go to to Johnson C Smith? Well, um, you know, growing up in North Carolina, so at, during that time, 
I would say uh, 2001, 2000, 2001, I was making that decision. Uh, there was probably two bands in North Carolina that you were your top two, right? So that's North Carolina A&T, which I grew up on the east side of the state, was always, you know, in Greensboro. Uh, so that was an option. And then two, Johnson C. Smith, I always wanted to live in Charlotte because I always wanted to be a, a corporate banker. And so, uh, you know, just the skyline of Charlotte drew my attention. Then you put that, you know, with a phenomenal marching band. And that was my choice. Okay, good. So you, so you apply, you get in, both of you were in your respective high school bands, and you get to Johnson C. Smith. Now, I know you all started in different years. So I want you all to tell me about your first band camp experience. Oh, I, well, I got to let me, let me I got to so you go first, you go first. So, <laughs> number one, all right, so I was, I was also an athlete in, in um, high school, so I played basketball, uh, ran track for a little bit, and when I got to Johnson C. Smith at band camp, I realized that this is more strenuous than the first week of basketball trials, <laughs> because in that 2001 era, it was crazy. I'm talking about you getting up at 4.30 in the morning, mm-hmm. right? You're getting out of rehearsal at 10.30, 11 o'clock. Then I was a percussionist. So our sectionals ran to probably 12.30, 1 o'clock to only have to get up at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's physical activity the whole time. I mean, you know, just, just the discipline that came with it. Um, I'm not going to lie. The first day I got to band camp, I almost called home and said, they crazy. <laughs> they, they are actually crazy. But but the winner in me wouldn't let me quit. So that was my first experience. Um, I would I would say sort of the same. Um, I think, well, I came from high, well, Henrico, we were um, a show style band as well. So we were high. So I was, I, I was so accustomed to that. So that wasn't new for me. The practice wasn't that new to me, but the level of practice was very new to me. Um, there's this uh, thing. I remember, matter of fact, my very first day, someone had did something and we were all told to, you know, get in push-up position. And I'm thinking that, you know, oh, okay, surely I can go, you know, inside or go in the grassy area. We were all outside. And they were like, no, you get in push-up position where you are, which at that time we were preparing to do our march around the school. So we were on concrete. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, right here? And, and I was like, yeah, that's like, what, what you, what you mean? You think, you think it's, you think it's so different because you're a girl, <laughs> like, you know? But it was, it, it was at that point where I, I really started understanding the importance of operating as one unit um, and taking the eye out of team, if you will. Um, and that, that thing, I know it sounds so cliche, but that whole thing where they say one band, one sound, um, it's not just for musicians. It's if you from auxiliary all the way to the last person marching in the band, like you could have 50 people in a band, you could have 400, 400 need to look like one person. Um, and so if nothing else, while it was crazy on that first day, it, it definitely was a great appreciation for what it taught me, both personally and professionally as well. Okay. So when did you meet? Your freshman year? I actually, uh, we met my, at this point, it's my uh, sophomore year uh, for me. Uh, actually, my senior, excuse me, it was actually my senior year. So it was my uh, senior year, first semester of my senior year. So this was 2007. Um, and so it's homecoming and everything. And uh, you know how it is for homecoming, especially in your band, you can prepare for homecoming games. So you're prop- you're definitely at practice all night long. And I was looking a hot 
mess. Like when I say a hot, I'm sweating. I'm like looking crazy or what have you. And um, you know how people who, if you were once in the band or alumni or whatever, you know, they come back and they check things out. And sometimes they participate as well or whatever. And I think we were on like a, a break or water break or something like that. So um, a lot of the previous band members, you know, were just coming around speaking to us, you know, current students at the time. Um, and Frank actually uh, walked up to me. It was not, um, hey, it wasn't how you doing. It wasn't what's your name. It wasn't where you're from. It literally was, what do you plan on doing in five years? And I was like, <laughs> I was so taken back. <laughs> and I was like, five years? Like, bro, I hope I graduate <laughs> next mm-hmm. semester. Like, what you talking about? And so that, and so it was, it took me back. And he, Frank is a, a very um, uh, Frank person, if you will. He, he is his name for sure. Um, he knows what he wants and things like that, um, which is strange because I never, um, I never saw him again after that. I even had this thing like, you know, well, who we think he is coming up to me like this? So I never saw him again. Um, and then it was like a year at, and some change later. At this point, I had graduated Smith. Um, I was still living in Charlotte and I think I was looking for a church home at the time. And one of my friends who I danced with at Smith, she invited me to uh, my church or to her church at the time. And who's playing on the drums at the church? This guy. <laughs> and so in real talk, I will admit this. I, <laughs> I, I am not ashamed to admit this. This is when Facebook was kind of fresh, you know, new sort of. And I found him like a stalker. <laughs> And I reached out to him and I was like, hey, you probably don't remember me. Um, I met you, you know, a while ago while I was still at Smith, you know, but I was invited to your church. I noticed your church today. Enjoyed it. Have a great day. Like I wasn't really expecting, honestly, no response because I didn't even think he remembered me. And um, like two minutes later, he sent me a message back and uh, he was like, yeah, he's like, I I noticed you when you walked in in the church. So and lived. that was 2009. Yeah. And so, we've been together ever since. So the, there was a, a crazy overlap there. And that was a great story. But <laughs> the, the reason why there's such an overlap is it, actually going to segue a little bit and why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, Christy, we, uh, in 2004, uh, spring semester, Lakeisha came in fall 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, spring semester was my last semester at John C. Smith at the time. I dropped out of school going into my senior year. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father got sick. Mm-hmm. and uh, eventually passed with some complications. So I made the judgment call to uh, to go to work and start a business and all that stuff uh, to supplement some of that income for my family. So that's what I did. And so that's, honestly, uh, we missed each other by a semester because mm-hmm. I dropped out of school only mm-hmm. to come back, you know, what was that? How many years later? Three, four years? Yeah, two, mm-hmm. Three, and, then, and then reconnect to that point. But I'm actually glad because at that point, she probably wouldn't have liked me, uh, and, you know, <laughs> I wasn't a kind person, you know, <laughs> during that time. So, you know, but you know that that's how we kind of got there. Well, y'all, this is <laughs> this is a really good story. Oh, this is funny because I always, you know, this is like I said, y'all are the first couple I've had, and so I wanted to hear both of y'all's perspective on how you met. You know, what she forgot to mention is I did see her out one night, and uh, and. You would have thought that, you know, she almost jumped into my arms when oh she saw me. Oh my gosh. Was, oh my was, goodness. Christy was, it was Christy. wild. Man. I was like, what's going on here? I didn't know. Oh my gosh. Y'all are funny. 
just know what was going on. But, but that five year question, you just walk up to somebody's like, what are you doing in five like, years? Who, who asked that? Like not not even like, you know, hey, how you doing? My name is Frank. You know, what's your can I may I get your name or can I get your name? He's literally like, you know, what's your plan in five years? I'm like, what? Who well, asked you, that? Yeah, I think by that time I have been out of the out of the college true. circuit for, yeah. you know what three four yeah. years at that point you were and already in professional yeah i was already in a professional yeah. career so yeah. just you know my mindset was was different in regards to you know relationships it wasn't looking for fun i was looking for a companion okay okay so frank i know that you um you said you wanted to start a business and yes. what did both of you all study while you were at smith sure i actually was supposed to be a cop strangely uh, believe it or not and it's so funny Chrissy I am 411 <laughs> I don't know what was going on in my mind <laughs> but um no I study actually my degree is in social science um I'm always which is very interesting I'm always interested in how people think and their behavior um so and then I had a background in that and, ba and criminal justice as well so I, I actually desired to be a cop um, I was actually two steps from being a cop for Rock Hill Police Department, which is right across the border. Rock Hill is like next door to Charlotte, if you will. Um, I was the only female who made it. I was in a fast track program. I was actually still at Smith. Uh, I was in my final semester at Smith when I was going through the fast track program. I was the only black female in my class. Uh, passed the physical, passed the knowledge, passed the board test, only for them to send me a letter saying essentially, thank you, but you don't fit our criteria. Now, what that criteria is, I don't know. But um, when I look at where my life is today, even though, no, I'm not a, a cop, but I still, I'm still in the business of people and serving people through our organization. So, you I know, don't know. You might still be a cop. <laughs> I might be. Because <laughs> my investigative skills now. Top okay, notch. top, top notch. notch. <laughs> okay. You still got it. Um, listen, but. <laughs> But no, but that was actually what I studied at. Okay, so yeah, let's get into this HBCU Culture Legacy Foundation. So let tell me what the order of things were. So um, you finished school and then you got married and then you started the business together or had the business already started? Yeah, so we actually started the business when we actually first started dating. It's wild, 13 years ago now. Yeah, right? our, our for-profit business is Kingdom Plug, which is an events branding and marketing firm that we started October 29, 2009, right there in Charlotte. Uh, we actually started um, hosting networking events. That's how we got into like the event space at large. Um, and we were so, like our very first event, we had like 40 people, 39 was from our church. We were, church so, we were yeah. so pumped because uh, we had people to come. So our background is in events branding and marketing. And we started fast forward uh, the nonprofit arm, which is HBCU Culture Legacy Foundation um, from Frank's personal story, as he just shared with you. Um, we started that in uh, 2018. Matter of fact, our very first HBCU Culture event was on the campus at Johnson C. Smith University. Yes. Well, let me just say this. So for the for the band heads who are listening, <laughs> these folks put together the HBCU Culture Battle of Bands. And I went to the first one. I think... How many of y'all have done so far? Two or three? Since 2018, we are now... Event eight or nine. Yeah. Because we do yeah. multiple events a year. Yeah. So we're on event eight or nine at this yeah. point. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, my first um, HBCU culture event was in November, the Battle of the Bands in Charlotte. And, uh -huh. you know, I've been to a lot of battles, battles of the bands, and some were better than others, but... 
I have to say that this is definitely a bandhead event. Like the way that it's run, it's run very well. It's not a whole bunch of red tape. It's not a whole lot of waiting. It's it's run very well and it's a good battle. It is, I, I can tell, you can just tell when an event is done by the band community versus mm -hmm. not. Like, yeah, I've been doing this for a while and you can, yeah. you can just tell. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, that's intentional, Christy. I mean, um, at the end of the day, you know, our background is, you know, another part of what we've done in the past is we've promoted concerts and, mm -hmm. and you know, I've performed with artists and Keisha has danced professionally. So mm -hmm. we've seen production from so many different angles. Mm -hmm. So we try to bring that into our, you know, into the battle of the bands, you know, from a production standpoint, from lighting, but also just making sure that um, it's entertaining for mm -hmm. people who enjoy HBCU or show style band. Mm -hmm. um, that's a top priority mm -hmm. for us. Like, I, and I think, you know, that's one thing that will always separate us from, you know, any other event, to be honest. And I, I would say too, to your point, Christy, you made a very valid point and even kind of aligning with what Frank just said, from a production point, um, we, we have that. But one of the things we always consider that in our audience, there are always two people. There, there are two types of people, excuse me. There's, there's the person that comes from this band world. Um, so we love to make sure that our show cater to them and we show the appreciation and the art, if you will, of the, of the art form of, um, of, of our band world, or especially our HBCU band world at large. But then there's a person in your audience, black, white, or different, whether you went to an HBCU or not, um, that that really surprisingly they don't know about HBCU band um, style. They don't know show style, or they've never experienced um, um, that in a, a live experience, if you will. You may have seen it on, you know, Drumline the movie, or you may have seen it on some type of movie of the like. However, experiencing, you know, especially the type of event that we host, uh, we we're we're very intentional with really highlighting the art in itself. And I don't think people really see it, the art and the sport, if you ask me, um, um, because I do believe uh, band students are scholars and they are definitely athletes, especially the work they have to put in, um, what you even have to do to create a show for, for most part, nine minutes and 30 seconds or 10 minutes. Um, it doesn't seem like a lot, but it's a lot. It's a lot to have 100 plus, 200 plus, 300 plus students playing and marching and making formations and um, intros, outros, all at the same time, dance routines. Dance routines. Um, it, it's a lot. I and mean, so it's, it's real it's real entertainment. Also, also entertainers, right? And, and they're also entertainers. Yeah. So not only just not only are they students, they're students and scholars first. You're your athletes, your entertainers, your musicians, your musicians, uh, your dancers, your auxiliary. It's a lot that goes into that. Um, and so we it's very important to us to really highlight what these students do, um, the strength that they have, the professionalism that they have. And, and you know, we know firsthand because we walked in their we walked in their shoes, literally. Yeah. Um, so it's just our way to not only pay homage, um, but to really put these students on a platform to highlight the hard work that they put in um, just to not even just to entertain, but really let the world know the importance and why HBCU culture matters. Well, you know, I, I could just tell in the details that y'all have this event that is for us, by us. Um, I, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, can, I can tell I've been to a lot of these events and I know. So 
two things I want to talk about. I want to talk about, you know, the purpose of your foundation. And then I also want to talk about the event that's coming up on January, the weekend of Martin Luther King weekend um, that I will be attending. I'm very excited about it. So, yes, yes. (laughs) So tell me about the HBCU Culture Legacy Foundation and what it does, like the purpose of it. Yeah, so um, like I said earlier, this, the foundation of the of the foundation at large is uh, we built it based upon my story. Um, simply, we don't want any HBCU band student to go through and have to make the decision that I made based upon a lack of resources. So for us, uh, this is bigger than marching band. This mm-hmm. is bigger than a battle of the bands, right? Mm-hmm. The, the battle of the bands is just a celebration for us, yeah. right? And we're going to have a good time. Yeah. But really, the main thing is to leverage these events to get people's attention why it's important to invest in our HBCUs. Um, one thing that we do know is uh, it's going to take a lot for us to make sure we sustain our HBCUs. Yeah. And so we feel that this is our calling to be that vehicles to sustain our HBCUs. Yeah. I was actually going to add to Chris, if you don't mind, to Frank's point, um, and I think that's the biggest thing. I think a lot of people, and, and this is just a I guess in a test, um, our team, um, Frank's whole vision, especially in reference to our marketing, I think people see the Battle of the Bands and they're like, oh man, so excited about the Battle of the Bands, which is I really appreciate even having this moment with you today um, and really, you know, allowing our, our fellow band lovers, HBC band lovers um, and followers to even know, you know, it's way bigger than the Battle of the Bands. You'd be amazed how many people will be like, well, how come they didn't invite such and such band or, you know, they didn't invite, I don't see this band or whatever. And and we understand, you know, how we are. We're, you know, we, you want to see your band, you want to see your school. And there's a lot that comes into selecting bands and not even that. I don't think people, I was going to say, people don't even consider things like some bands. It's just their schedule honestly does not permit. Um, Some schools, believe it or not, are, are still have some sort of restrictions due to COVID. Um, from two years ago, believe it or not. So, so there, there's so much um, limited. And yeah, some schools are still on limited traveling. So there's so much to go on. I can assure, I can assure you, it's not that we don't want to bring your band. Trust me, we will. Um, but we're, we're very intentional about giving um, all bands, uh, whether you um, are, you know, one that doesn't get as much as exposure. We're very intentional about making sure all bands get the exposure, big, large, or indifferent. Um, but at the same time, our purpose is to really be a resource to all HBCU institutions at large. Um, to date, I don't, I don't know if, if we shared with you uh, so far, since starting this nonprofit organization in 2018, um, as of November 6, uh, 2022, we have surpassed our phase one goal um, of a million dollars. And we've actually provided $1.9 million um, from this organization through uh, scholarships and educational experiences. So what that means is each band that we invite uh, and select to participate with us, not only do they receive a scholarship to support their band program, they do not pay for travel. Um, they do not pay for lodging if it's applicable, depending on where they're coming from. They do not pay for meals at all. Um, this is just our way to support their band program because we know firsthand as previous students ourselves, 
we know the resources and band programs are limited. We even know right now there's a lot of schools that don't even like in your middle school and high school level leading up to college are cutting, they're cutting, they're cutting performing arts or music at large. So you already know how that impacts marching bands, yeah. right? So for yeah, so for us, it's it's so much bigger to Frank's point, it's so much bigger than the battle of the bands that you see. For us, we are here to be a direct resource, one, um, to kind of kind of, I guess, transition, if you will. Um, into what's going on at our upcoming event on Martin Luther King weekend in Atlanta. So um, January 13th through the 15th, uh, we're going to be here in Atlanta. We are kicking off that amazing weekend uh, with our founders gala on January 13th at um, a beautiful venue called Ventana's. And that's uh, from 630 uh, to uh, 1030 on Friday. And we actually have uh, Dr. Kevin James, who's the president of Morris Brown, who is our event chair. Um, And we will also be um, highlighting and honoring our 2023 HBCU culture honorees, uh, who is uh, Dr. and Pastor Jamal Bryant of uh, New Birth Missionary Baptist Church here in Atlanta, who is a graduate from Morehouse College. And then we'll also be um, honoring uh, Ms. Kimmy Mackey. She is the Chief People Officer of Diversity and Inclusion for the Atlanta Hawks, um, who is a graduate from Howard University. Yeah. As, so we're going to be doing that. And then on Saturday, on January 14th, we will be on the campus of Morris Brown College uh, from 11 a.m. to uh, 5 p.m. with our HBCU Culture Homecoming Fest. And we're going to have everything, Christy, from live performances, food trucks, well, vendors. Well, hold on. We, we also are going to be supporting who? Clark and Morehouse. I, I was going to say that. Yeah. So in, including in that live performances, food trucks, vendors, college and career fair, we're actually going to be having live performances uh, from Clark Atlanta, as well as uh, Morehouse College, who will we, we also be supporting their band programs as well with a scholarship for both of those uh, band programs. And the one thing that I am excited about uh, that, that Fan Fest as well at that college and career fair, which will be on site. Um, and this fan fest is actually a part of your ticket that you get for the Battle of the Bands the next day. But parents and students will be able to uh, apply to however many HBCUs they uh, as they wish, as application fees will be waived. And we know, Christy, that those fees can add up. <laughs> so it's just our way to support parents and students, but also our way to help high school students to learn more about HB, um, institu- HBCU institutions and get enrolled. And then lastly, on our big finale on, on. FanFest, we also have eight high schools yep. that are performing. performing as well. So the, we, these are high schools from as far as Louisiana, yep. uh, South Carolina, Alabama, and then we have four Metro Atlanta high schools. Yep. So this is a big HBCU band weekend that, yeah. that we've really put together. And it's also to build that stage out for these high schools mm-hmm. uh, as, as well. We wanted to give them a separate time to shine. So yep. that's why we put, put this fan fest on a separate day. Yep. And then lastly, our grand finale, of course, is the HBCU Culture Battle of the Bands, where we have Southern, we have Talladega, we have Alabama State, we have Miles College, we have Alabama A&M, and we have Jackson State University that will be performing um, at State Farm Arena. We are so excited and honored, especially with this not only being on Martin Luther King weekend, we are the first Black couple first Black-owned organization 
to host a Battle of the Bands event at State Farm Arena of this magnitude on Martin Luther King weekend. Um, it is truly humbling and we are very, very excited and have surprises uh, that will take place at that show and we and we can't wait. We're excited. Well, you know what? Y'all y'all got me so hyped. Like, this is going to be such a blackity black, black weekend. I'm so I love it. I, I'm so looking forward to it. Like, so I'm getting a suite for Battle of the Bands. Like, mm -hmm. it's already been reserved. And so yeah. I'm just looking for a few more people to come on and, and join in. And, you know, it's, it's for the band heads, for the, you know, pretty <laughs> hardcore. You know how we do. So <laughs> I'm so excited about that weekend. I'm definitely going to be at the Fan Fest and the battle. And um, yeah, I wish you all the best luck. And um, I, I just want to kind of end with this. I, I'd like to know, what is it that you use in your everyday life or you take with you? What is one thing you've taken away by being in Johnson C. Smith's marching band? Hmm. So we used to have this saying called discipline, mm -hmm. right? And the just of discipline, right? It was a chant that we had. And it said, we are the discipline because we are the best. We are the discipline, unlike the rest. You against me will be no, no contest. contest. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> right? So that was one of those things that um, I, I took away. Like even in our life right now, we're getting up 4.30 to 5 o'clock. We're doing devotion. Mm -hmm. We're hitting the gym. We're giving to ourselves. We're getting the empowerment in. And then we come home and get breakfast and get things settled for the house. Mm -hmm. Then we get to the work. Yeah. Right. So, you know, what, what that band experience taught me was to beat the next man to the spot. So that is always our approach. Mm -hmm. we, we're just going to get there before you get there. Mm -hmm. And when we get there, we're going to give it our best. And that's all we can do. After we give our best, we'll sit back, we'll look at the tape, we'll evaluate, we'll come back, and we'll get better the next time. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something that has really played into our life. Yeah, and I, I could not agree. I could not agree more. Being in the band of Justice E. Smith is actually uh, play a huge role in, in who we are and why we are the way we are. Um, not just personally, but professionals, you know, you know what I mean? We, we not only both went to a HBCU and marched in the band, our very organization is to support HBCU bands. But the one thing, if nothing, as Frank said, that mantra, if you will, about discipline, a lot of times we want to control exterior factors, but have no control on self. And discipline uh, starts with self. If you can do the basic things like you know, we just talked about Christy. We used to get up at 4 30, 5 o'clock in the morning in the band. So it's not new to you now as an adult, right? The early bird gets the worm. Um, and here's the thing somebody might have more talent than you, somebody might have more skills than you. But see, when your work ethic is your work ethic, you might get there, but your work ethic and your professionalism, excuse me, will keep you there. And so one of the things that we attribute to that is just working as a team, having that discipline, having structure, uh, which is very important to us. Um, we have a mindset of there are no excuses. There are there there's ways to uh, to bring solutions to everything. And to some people that seems like, oh, it's impossible or it's crazy or that's that's too much. But you know what? The best doesn't the best don't become the best being mediocre. Right. And so that's what the band taught taught us um, to always be your best, always give your best, and by doing doing so, you will always have the best results. So 
Oh, wow. That, that's an awesome way to end. <laughs> I'm so glad to have y'all on here. Frank and Lakeisha Johnson, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Chrissy. And if, if we can pull a little plug, uh, we would love for your followers to follow us on IG at HBCU Culture, on Facebook at HBCU Culture Legacy Foundation. And for tickets, because we get this question a lot, you know, what's going on this weekend? How can I get tickets? Or even if people just want to know, hey, what goal do you have, which is our $10 million goal uh, to provide funding and scholarships to support band programs, athletics, and even institutions at large. For people who are just interested in, in making donations, they can do that and all of that and find out details at hbcuculture.com. You have listened to the HBCU Band Experience with Christy Walker. Interviews and editing conducted by yours truly, Dr. Christy Walker. The music is District 4 by Kevin McLeod. And you can find this podcast on hbcubandexperience.podbean.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Take care.